شوي all I can say. <laughs> you know, in the Old Testament, when they came to the waters of Mara, right. that meant bitter waters. Right. And uh, at that time, they, they put something in that water. Do you know, does anybody know what it was? Tree. Put it in a tree. It, this was symbolic of the tree of life. Right. And those waters turned what? Sweet. sweet. The bitter turned to sweet when Christ was added. So, sufferings are bitter. Add Christ to that and it becomes sweet. Okay. Anything else? Wow. No loose ends. That's amazing. Okay. Well, just a few additional points I'd like to mention uh, before we go uh, that I think are some loose ends about the uh, the uh, vision of the world that would be helpful because it's very important to see any vision accurately. Uh, problems, problems with uh, people that are serious about the Lord have come in because they... Uh, saw something but they maybe saw only half of it or they saw one side of it or they saw some uh, something in in some cases have taken it to some very great extremes and uh, in that way their testimony was not accurate uh, that's why when we talk about the world in a strong way like we did with today about Satan's kingdom we have to see that the positive Reality is that by eating the hidden manna, you see, we partake of the divine nature, and this is our deliverance from the world. Uh, <clears throat> the world is there, you see. But First uh, John also says, greater is he that is in you than he that is where? In the world, see. So we always have to have... Uh, you know, n not only the problem, but even the more we have to see the solution. Uh, <clears throat> there's two or three th things here that I'd like to mention about the world. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, uh, I'd like to mention the point that the world is something that dwells outside of us. It is not within us. Okay? Uh, according to the Bible, sin and death do dwell within us. They are in our, our, they are in our members. The body of this death and the members which are of the flesh. Okay? Uh, you never can find a verse that says the world dwells in your members. Okay? Then the problem is, well, uh, I mean, what, why is this brought up? That is because since the world dwells outside of us, this means it has no effect on us until there's a contact made with it and a connection established, okay? Uh, therefore, in dealing with things that you already know are of the world, obviously, and you know hinder your fellowship, obviously, and so forth. Uh, the way for deliverance, you see, is simple. 
is if you don't have a contact with it, you will not have uh, you will not have a, nev- a negative experience with it. You see. So uh, don't be don't don't be uh, don't uh, make this like sin that dwells within us. You see, you you can go up on a mountaintop and you take sin with you. Right. But you go up on a mountaintop and you're you're not going to see certain things or hear certain things that are of the world. I'm not telling you to go up on a mountaintop, but I'm telling you the world is an environmental thing, and it gets into you when you open yourself to the environment. You see, so this is why we uh, don't <clears throat> don't dwell in the world, play with the world, and then and then be confused why. Am I having trouble with the world? If you open yourself to that environment, you see, then it gets in. Then it becomes something intrinsic inside of you. You see, then how do we get? How do we? How do we? Or how are we delivered? That's when we eat the Lord, enjoy the Lord, and so forth. Then the world is shoved out of our being. You see, when it's shoved out of our being, don't stay near it. Run away from it. You see, so you don't have to deal with it again, like that. Okay. Okay, then another point is I'd like to make a little distinction that, and that is there is a distinction between being worldly and being properly human. To be properly human is uh, of God. To be worldly is of Satan, you see. Uh, In other words, it is normal for us to have proper human living and have proper human experiences. We're supposed to have uh, certain things. Uh, uh, it's right to uh, get married. It's right to have kids. It's right to love your wife. It's right to love your kids. Okay, uh, these are all normal things. Okay, it is uh, in this day and age. It's fine and proper to own a car. It's fine and proper to own a nice car. Okay, it's okay. Uh, this age demands means of transportation, or we wouldn't be here today. You see, things like that. Okay. Uh, the world is set up on a monetary system, therefore we, we need to work and have a livelihood. These are all human things, and we should not say that's of the world. Then we will develop the monastery concept that pervaded the Dark Ages, and their escape was to escape a physically and they didn't make it. The perverseness that was going on in many of those places uh, was worse because because they because they weren't enjoying Christ. This this stuff just began to you know uh, build up inside of them, and uh, man was not meant to live in isolation like that. So uh, this made them all the more desperate, and so uh, this is not this was not a testimony of Christ. The thing is this way. In our human situation, for example, uh, we're supposed to dress and look nice. Okay? Christians should take care that they dress so that they would express Christ in the way that they look. Okay? In the way they dress, in the way they uh, deport themselves. This is all proper. However, uh, so we can say uh, proper clothing is not only okay, but is even necessary. Okay? However, there comes, you see, there's, there's a line. And there comes a point where if you, if, you go, if you push it beyond that line, 
then it becomes beyond something proper and necessary for a testimony and it becomes something that has uh, uh, that is empowered by the world and is uh, you might say uh, out of bounds for us you follow me basically Satan has taken has taken legitimate legitimate original legitimate human needs and he pushed them beyond the line until they became in excess and extravagant and so forth sure we need transportation but we don't need our Mercedes do we there is not a real significant difference between a Mercedes and a Honda <laughs> Not a real one. <laughs> the significance is only what? In only world in only worldly opinion. You see? Uh, we, we should all uh, we should all dress nice, but there's a difference between a nominally priced suit and a designer suit that costs five hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Uh, uh, a Christian doesn't need it's the same suit by the way <laughs> it is it's the same suit it's just it's just it's just, uh, it's just a prestige oh yeah but you see so one one you become obsessed with it you see and so this becomes the world and uh, people really are can get obsessed with clothing you see well uh, some people can neglect clothing and so their testimony suffers because to them, oh, that's where they don't need to take care of that and so forth, so they don't bother to brush their teeth or uh, if they're brothers, they don't bother to shave or so-and-so or they don't bother to polish their shoes or whatever. You see, that's not a testimony of Jesus. But you know, some people, they wouldn't go to sleep at night unless their shoes got polished that day. I mean, they polish their shoes every day. I mean, you have to, they can, it's like a mirror. You can see your face in their shoe. You see? Don't you think it's a little too much? They don't have, you see, there's not enough time to read the Bible, but there's time to be sure that shoe gets polished again. See, it's too much. The world caught them, you see. It's a legitimate human thing, but it, it was pushed to an extreme, you see. Uh, the world is like this. It takes, it takes legitimate things because uh, we're created in a certain way, and it's, it's pushed us far beyond what is proper, decent, legitimate, and even God-ordained until it becomes ex excessive, extravagant, beyond, you see. And uh, this, this is where the problem comes in. Okay. <clears throat> Do you all understand what I'm trying to talk about? Okay. Uh, then another thing I would like to say is when we deal with the world, never key on other people. Right. Don't say, uh, so-and-so does this, so I can do it, or so-and-so doesn't do this, so I better not do it. Don't yeah. key on other people. Right. Key on the truth, the Word, the light, Amen. and the speaking of the Spirit. Amen. I want to give this brief little uh, thing that I didn't mention this afternoon, but I talked about when I was in school and so forth, and my roommate and I were big buddies and how this affected the whole, the whole wing. Well, at that time, uh, we were just, you know, brothers... And we didn't know any of the truths concerning the church, uh, you know, as, as I know them now. Uh, when I saw the uh, vision of the, of the church, of course I wanted to share this with 
my best friend and uh, closest, uh, you know, spiritual companion. And, so, and I did that. And, and he didn't receive that. And from that very day, uh, our, our closeness began to disintegrate. It took about uh, six months to a year because we've been very close. Okay. Uh, and uh, he went the way of the denomination and I went the way of the church. And in all honesty, at the time that we were having this experience, uh, uh, he was definitely, he was definitely uh, more advanced than I was spiritually. He was a year older, but in his experience and knowledge and so forth, he was, and I, I considered him someone I needed to always stay close to, okay? Uh, nevertheless, can you imagine uh, me being the junior, uh, having seen the truth, and yet he—he—I don't know if it's wrong to say or if it's right to say he wouldn't see it. But well, I think it's fair to say he wasn't open to it. Uh, that hurt. That really hurt a lot. That really hurt a lot. You see, and that cost me that friendship. It never came back. It never came back. We're not enemies by any means. Uh, but we lost that over the matter of being absolute for the church. Right. And, and uh, you know, uh, that was a real, <laughs> that was a real dealing. See, but that was a lesson. That was a lesson. And, and uh, I don't know how I got through that. I still am amazed at how I did. I, I made it through that. Uh, that was really the Lord's mercy. But looking back now, uh, I can really see, uh, boy, this was a salvation to me. Uh, this brother I, uh, testified about uh, all these uh, kind of uh, hagglings that were going on. Uh, I'm not sure if you're referring to the big turmoil that's going on in the Baptist church now, Southern Baptist churches, between the moderates and the conservatives. Is that what you're referring to? Basically. Basically. Okay. Well, there's, there is a great turmoil going on uh, between the conservatives and the moderates uh, right now that's, that's uh, threatening to split that denomination into two branches, just like decades ago the Church of Christ was split from what's called the Christian Church uh, over a doctrine. And uh, right now it's the moderates versus the conservatives. Uh, the funny thing is the moderates are more conservative on certain points and the conservatives are more moderate on certain points. It's not a typical moderate conservative li uh, line. The, uh, the university uh, Baylor, which is in Waco, that uh, it was part and was uh, one of the uh, institutions that was overseen by the convention all, all, you know, all the time of its existence, basically, uh, was going to be torn in one direction or the other, you see. And so at the last minute, they kind of pulled a coup d'etat 
and uh, a board of regents was established and they wrested control of the university so they would not be at the mercy of the conservatives because they believe the conservative approach would totally damage the image of the university, which uh, probably is right as far as a university is concerned. So they have swung several seminaries and so forth. My point is this, you know, you know who the leaders of these two warring factions are? On both sides. They're my old friends from college. The leader of the moderates is my good friend Daniel Vestal, Dr. Daniel Vestal. And the leader of the conservatives are two, Judge Paul Pressler and his, his uh, uh, what his colleague Paige Patterson Jr. Uh, you see, Daniel and I were quite close. We spent hours, especially after I came to the church, we spent hours and hours of talking. Judge Pressler, of course, he's an older man. He's probably 10 or 15 years older than I am. When I was in high school, he used to invite some high schoolers over to his real plush house. And, and so forth, where they had Bible studies and so forth, and so, uh, and we'd go to his country club and so forth. And so, when I was a senior in high school, I got to meet Judge, not Judge, he was a attorney, and later got elected to be Judge in Houston. And that faction is known as Presslerites. You see, uh, these, these, this warring is going on by these guys that I knew very well, very well. You might say they, at one time, we were all just there in a little group. Except the judge who was, you know, older. But, you know, I knew him personally because I'd been in his home. You see, if you take any, any kind of influence, if you go by any other person, yeah. even the person right next to you, sitting right next to you right now, if somebody, some, if, if, they, if, they, if they decide in their life that they're going to do what, 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 you, uh, that's it, okay? But, but we have to be absolutely responsible to the Lord Himself. You see, we were called personally, we were saved personally, and we will stand before the judgment that's seat right. of Christ right. individually, right. okay? Amen. So we cannot, if I'd have taken the way of my roommate, uh, you see, what, what, where would I be? I think I would be in the middle of this controversy. Think of this. This, is, this consumes all their time. This is just like a political race between the Democrats and the Republicans. You, you just can't believe how complicated and how fierce and how much animosity, I would say, if you would part, how much animosity is generated by this controversy. There is no, there are no controversies as bitter as religious controversies. That's why we like to say, why don't you just blow it all off and come into the, the pasture and enjoy and be at peace? Right? Saints, I'm not in any controversies. I don't care about the moderates. I don't care about the conservatives. If you ask me, if you ask me are you a moderate or are you for the moderates or are you for the conservatives? You know what I'm going to say, right? I'm for Christ. Okay. Then I'd like to say another word about the sharp two-edged sword. This sword is so sharp, is so sharp. You see, uh, it's it, it it's it is so sharp. It's the scalpel 
It's the operating instrument according to Hebrews 12 too. It, it's what you do surgery with. It's so sharp, you see. But listen, it's got two sides to it. It's two-edged. One edge is sharp and one edge is sweet. If you want it to be sharp, develop a sweet fellowship. If the sword is sweet to you, it'll be sharp toward the enemy. You see? What we need to experience the sweet fellowship and while it's being sweet to us, at the very same time, it's doing a, a sharp cutting work on the negative things. We don't need to feel the blow of the sword. We need to feel the sweetness. That's the Lord speaking to us. The rhema word from His mouth. Okay? Sweet to us and sharp to the enemy. Then, uh, the last point I'd like to mention is I would like all the young people to realize that concerning the world that you have been designated by the enemy to be target number one. Uh, there's not a lot of satisfaction in the enemy uh, corrupting humanity when the, when, that, when the age has already reached 60. Okay? So the enemy always likes to aim at corrupting humanity when it's in its youth. Right. So that it will have no value for the rest of however long it lives, you see. So we have to, we have to realize the world system today is not geared for people that are 55 years old. The world system is geared for people that are your age. All the stuff going on is basically geared for that. Not totally, but, but, but mostly. Okay? You don't see the world inventing things to appeal to the elderly, to those on Social Security, to babies, you see. Part of it goes to the middle age, but most of it goes to damage young people. Don't you agree with this? Okay. Is, is, uh, is, is new music come about for uh, uh, people who are 50 years old? Or, is it, is it, or do the millions and even billions of dollars go into it for the young people? You, you think about it. Okay. You name in everything. All the trends, all the fashions and so forth. Uh, it's not for people who have uh, five kids and live on a fixed income, right? It's for, it's for what? It's for, it's for impressionable young people that do not have an anchor to their soul, you see. So in this way, we have to be very wise, very, very wise, okay? Uh, and I would go further to mention, and that is, the main way Satan has uh, attempted to damage humanity, or I should say youthful humanity, and that is he has, he has tried his best to totally uh, corrupt and damage the moral standard of young people. He has attacked and damaged that to the extent 
that what used to be a practice done in the dark has now become a teaching spoken out in the light. Do you understand me? What used to be only done in such small amounts and in total darkness because the nature of it was 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 night is now is now unashamedly talked about, joked about, and in some cases even boasted about and written about publicly as a kind of a declaration of their liberty and freedom. You see, this shows the escalation of the enemy's snowball that's moving faster and faster and getting larger and larger. You see? You know, I think the last time we were together, I said, you know, you, you just take, the, the, this, is, this is probably the number one violation with young people today. And that is that, you know, in Hebrews it says, hold marriage in honor. Satan has tried to corrupt this one thing. Uh, probably more than anything else, that marriage would no longer be held in honor. You see? So, so the very principle of marriage is being wiped out, negated, and so forth. And, and uh, 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 all within the framework of, uh, well, this is just uh, progressive thinking. And everything else is just old-fashioned. You see? This is a real attack. This is a real attack. This is why today it is commonly, it is even taught. Even psych psychologists teach this. Well, you better not get married until, uh, you know, you live with somebody or you might make a mistake. No, this is true. This, this is not, I'm not saying something that should, should surprise anybody. Just be aware, this is, this is such a corruption, you see. And, and then after they do finally get, quote, officially married, and they do something like that, then the, the chance is 50% that they will be divorced. You see? 50%. You see? So they, they violate God's ordained way before marriage, and they violate it after marriage. You see? So God, you see, uh, has said that we are like in the days of Noah, eating, drinking, marrying, being given in marriage. You see? This is, uh, this is today's situation. Young people, uh, be Antipas and stand Amen. against every bit of it. Amen. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. If you want to be preserved, don't compromise. Stick to the truth. This is not a matter of culture. It's not a matter of uh, this is American. This is not a matter of this is European or Oriental or anything. This is just plain old God breathe truth. Amen. Stick to it. Amen. One husband, one wife. Amen. Okay. Uh, today, you know, uh, morally, morally speaking, uh, the whole thing, the whole scene, you know, the whole campus scene is is a moral degradation. It's shameful. It's shameful. <laughs> it's shocking. The degradation. You see. We have to have nothing to do with this, you see. 
on many things we just allow people to live before the Lord according to the lights of their own conscience. But when it comes to basic morality, then, then we become absolute. Just like Anipus, we are against anything that will damage humanity, you see, in this kind of a way. No, we don't take this way. We, this will damage our conscience. It will damage our being, you see, and we basically won't have anything to do with it. I was sitting in my chair a while ago thinking about it, and I thought of this verse in, in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 7, verse 1, I believe. Somebody might read that out loud. No, 7, verse 7. Uh, chapter 7, verse 1. Now concerning the things of which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Yeah, you see, this verse came to me. I was sitting there, and, you know, the Corinthians had written to Paul about some, some things, some problems they were having, and they were having some problems about morality in, in the church in Corinth. Uh, some of y'all are aware of that from the book, from the epistle to Corinth. And Paul's first word to answer concerning this problem, which he gives a whole chapter to, the first word he says, you know, it's good for a man not to touch a woman, you see. Now, do you see where God is? And do you see where the world's gone to? Don't touch him. Don't just don't touch. Okay. Now I, I I can tell you from my own being, there's only one there's only one female on this planet that I can touch. That's right. That's my wife. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can touch my wife. Other than that, uh, I can't touch I can't touch another another person. Otherwise, my conscience will not agree. Okay? It will not agree. Now, what I can do, uh, and I, I do usually do, and I can do, uh, it's not a, a, an automatic, but I feel, I feel uh, the peace to do this, is when, I meet, is when I meet somebody for the first time as a brother, I can shake their hands, see, Clem, how are you? Okay, I, I can do this. You see, but if it's a sister, okay, would you play like your sister Steve? Okay, if it's a sister, if it's a sister, uh, to shake her hand, so you know, there's a little different kind of handshake. You kind of, you, you don't, you know, do like this. You just kind of, just well, you have to bend your hand a little bit. They, they, yeah, you just there. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, you just kind of like okay. To do that, to do that, uh, I I have to say to me is is proper. That's a handshake. You get one handshake for the rest of your life. That's it. I just met you. How do you do? I'm glad to meet you. See, I'm Don, your sister so and so. Okay. That's it. Because First Corinthians seven one says it's good not for a man to touch a woman, and I think you can infer that the opposite is true, vice versa. Okay. 
uh, at the college conference last time, uh, a young brother was there that uh, I know, knew him since he was a, a kid, and he's a, uh, he was there, he's, he's a young man now. I don't think it's hitting that he's a young man. And so he was at the college conference, and uh, let me let me borrow you again, Larry. And so they they were from a, they were it's nobody here, don't worry. And I, this I'm not gonna no one saw this but me. But anyway, this person was here. And this and this was a brother. You see, he's a freshman. And this was one of the contacts that they brought to the college conference. And they were all real friendly, and they, you know I, it looked okay. And I was standing around the little group, and uh, they were she, she was you know kind of stretching, you know, kind of like from sitting or whatever, she like this, and so the the brother went over and, and, and uh, did this, just like that, just like that. <laughs> Thanks. See? Uh, that might not register with you. That might not register with you, but, but uh, boy, my heart sank. My heart sank. This brother could do this? I didn't do this because I, 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 well, I'm not, I don't feel responsible for the person. But in another sense, if, if it happened again, I believe I would because I didn't know him. I would say, I, I would say, brother, come here a second. Can we, can we go for a little walk? Okay, look, I don't care what you do. You know, about just about nearly anything. I really don't care what you do. You can wear black, pink, purple, polka dot. It doesn't matter <laughs> to me. You just better be sure it doesn't violate the nature of God. That's your problem, okay? But, I, but, but it's up to you, okay? But look, well, let me tell you something. Now, now <laughs> we've known each other a long time. I knew you when you were a little kid, a little tyke, and I watched you grow up and so forth. Now, uh, now you're in college. Just answer me a question. Are you a boy? Or are you an adult? Mm -hmm. What are you, a boy or an adult? Mm -hmm. In your own eyes, tell me. Yeah. An adult. You, well, I would say so. If you left home right. and, and uh, you are in college, I, I would consider you an adult. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would say so and so. Uh, if you're an adult and you're a brother in Christ, don't touch a sister again. Okay. Don't do that. You see, you're not a boy. Right. You're a man. Don't touch him. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe you would have taken it. I should have done it. But it all happened so fast I was unprepared. But boy, it disturbed me so much. I, I thought about it, it over and over. I said, somebody is better. Help this person. Little things like that is, is what is, is, is a prelude to, to real trouble. Okay, so this is why we have to be careful. Okay, be careful. Don't say, don't say, oh, this is, this is what, what. Don't even say, I'm putting you under the law. Okay, if this is a law to you, then you need to be under it. <laughs> I don't mind putting you under the law about this. Okay, now, now you have to admit marriage is something ordained by God. There is, there is, God has approved it, He has ordained it, and He's given man the desire to have it. Isn't that true? Okay, so nobody can argue with, with God's creation and God's way, you see. But don't go about it in the worldly fashion. 
Don't do it the worldly way. If you're going to do it, do it His way, not the worldly way. You see? The world, the world takes the things of God and violates them by, by making us take Satan's way to try to arrive at God's end. And that's where we get so corrupted. So don't take the worldly way. You see? Take God's way. Be patient. Allow, allow God to, to work out the uh, situation of marriage in your own life. Meanwhile, let Him handle that. Let Him be sovereign and so forth. Uh, if you want to take the worldly way, you know, you know what the worldly way is to get married? Go ahead, go ahead and shop around. You might as well go to Las Vegas and roll the dice. Because you're gambling. You're gambling. You don't know. You're gambling. <laughs> you know the time not to decide what you need and what you don't need is when you're in the, inside the department store. You ever notice how your needs suddenly are multiplied inside the department store? The wrong place to be clear about what you need and don't need. Be be clear before you go, get it, come out. Then you're okay. You go further than that, and you get confused in there as to what your needs are. Why? Because these things have a, an authority, a power to them. They start pulling on you, you see. Oh, I, 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 oh, I need that, don't I? You see, that's what happens. Don't shop around for a wife. Don't shop around for a husband. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't believe me. Uh, God created you. God ordained it. God is for it. And God will do it. You don't have to usurp his role. Okay? Don't take the way of shopping around. Okay? Uh, and by the way, I don't talk this way much, but uh, ever so often, uh, you need to realize a few things because this is a time in life where these questions become important. Okay? Sometimes uh, some people say, well, uh, you know, is it okay to uh, date? Is it okay to do this and so forth? Well, uh, strictly speaking, the Bible doesn't talk about dating. You see, the, the concept was not there. Okay, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like that. Okay. Now, since it's not there, but the rest of the Bible is there. So there's a general, overall view. And you see, a principle can be derived from the whole test, the whole uh, uh, testimony of the Bible, and you can say this. You can say this about it, and that is that. Uh, when you when you look at it uh, in a kind of a simple way and you analyze it according to all the facts you really can't see in the Bible anywhere where there was a scheme that you have this big dating experience for years and out of that pops a husband or a wife. You can't find that. You see, it's not there. But I'll tell you what is there as far as human experience is concerned. 
if you ever get into that forest, you lose your ability to discern. Whenever somebody gets emotionally involved in, with another person, then you will never have, you, you have forfeited your ability to know and be led by the Spirit because you have become too subjective. Okay? That's why don't, don't, don't go into the store and expect to get clear over as to what you should buy. That's the place of confusion. Do you, do you follow me? Now, if you want the pure leading and the pure light, be before the Lord, be a normal brother and sister in the church life, live Christ out, be in the fellowship, you see, and the Lord will make things clear in His way and in His context and also in His time. If you do it another way, you're rolling the dice. And you may blow it. Okay. Now don't argue. Don't argue. I'm not I'm not a kid. Okay. Don't argue with me. I I, I win the case, okay? Don't don't argue. This is this is this is serious and there's a way to it. Don't worry. Don't worry. You don't have you don't have to expedite things. You don't have to hurry things. You don't have to rush things by doing it the way they do it out there. The way they do it out there is already proven itself to be a flop. We'll take it another way, you see, and let the Lord work it out without us becoming occupied, preoccupied, etc., etc., etc. Okay? If you'll take the Lord's way, you'll get things worked out fine. You'll get a good wife, you'll get a good husband. Things will be just fine. Otherwise, you are a riverboat gambler. Okay? Okay, now, I'll just in that. Does anybody would like to ask a question along that line? <laughs> Probably not, okay. Okay. Let me say one other salty word and I'll let you go. History the the the, uh, the history of uh, sociology uh, is just this, and it's come to this in this age. Uh, to get into the realm of of seeing anybody on a, uh, a relationship and things are worked out that way, that's that's usually easy to work out. Uh, you know, if you if you take care of God's ordained way, and if you don't fall for the trap, okay. Uh, if you take it this way, uh, and you take the the way the world takes, that is the dating way, then 
you fall into a sociological category that the end of that, the end of that way, in the big majority of cases, is fornication. Dating results in fornication. Not in 50%, not in 60%. We're talking about somewhere up into 80 and 90%. Okay. Saints, drop that. Don't let this world's way affect the way you operate. No. Reject it and take God's way. Then you're safe. You will not be sorry. You will not eat the bread of sorrows. You will not damage yourself. You will keep your conscience. Okay? Anything done in the past, that's over. That's under the blood. That's history. That's, that's even, we might say, that's forgotten history. See? But from this point on, you have to take the Lord's way. You see? If you didn't have the light then, then please take it now. Don't play, don't play this. Don't say, oh, I can handle it. Don't say, I, can, I'm, I know when to put the brakes on. Don't say anything like that. Don't say that. If so, you make your, you're saying, I, I'm more spiritual than David was. You're not. Don't play with this thing. This is fire. Okay. Remember, it's good for a man not to touch. Okay. Uh, to mention like this, you can see how far the world has pushed the Lord's created humanity away from his original way. Okay. You're not stupid, you're not naive, you are adults. And to say you don't know what's going on out there according to the way of this age would be to insult your intelligence. Okay. You take that way, and uh, you just might become food for the roaring lion who's going about seeking whom he can devour. Don't take that way. Be absolute. Be antipas. Be against all of that. And then you'll be preserved for the Lord's testimony. Okay? You'll be preserved. And boy, one day, one day, you will, you will give God thanks. You will thank God okay, that you were able to you were able to go through this kind of situation in the life with Him in His way, and you missed all the things that uh, would have damaged you if you had taken the worldly way. Okay. Pretty salty word. If you haven't, if you have an ear, listen to it. Okay. If you have an ear, listen to it. Okay. Having said that, I don't intend to say it for a long time. Okay. 
This is about once every five years. I'll say this. <laughs> you just heard it for the last time until 1995. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So things should happen, we could categorize it as it should happen normally and spontaneously. Just like all spiritual things. Marriage is human, but it's also under God's administration. So it should happen normally and spontaneously. The way to know a person, and that's what marriage is all about, is marrying the right person. And to do that, you have to know a person. The way not to know a person is via the way of dating. That's the way to know them falsely. That's a false knowledge. That's a facade. That's a put-on. And you are not only not experiencing the real thing, but you are also confused because uh, you're subjectively involved. That's a false knowing. You'll never get clear. That's why some people who are horribly in love uh, fast fall out of love because they had a false they had a false experience. However, when we live in the community of the ones who are sanctified, God's people, then Sovereignly, spontaneously, at, uh, according to the Lord's way, then uh, he, gives, he, gives, uh, he gives a person a burden, a desire, an inclination, whatever you would like to call it, uh, toward marriage. And certain things are, certain things are understood. Uh, in other words, you're... Yeah, you've taken care of your priorities properly, okay? I mean, you're, uh, you know, there, there are certain things that are just kind of common sense that you do first before you get married, right? Okay, but anyway, you take care of certain things, and uh, so let's say the stage has, has come to a point where it would be acceptable if the Lord so led and so provided, okay? At that point, uh, then it becomes natural and spontaneous. And among the saints, you see, you know certain people. Hey, if somebody is if somebody is not uh, absolute for the Lord, then if you are absolute for the Lord, then you ought to scratch that person off unless they become that way. Because if you don't, then you marry right into a compromising situation. So you know somebody, not by a date, but by the uh, observation of their life over a lengthy period of time in the church. See? That's logical, isn't it? Then... Uh, if they're, they're absolute for the Lord, they also need, need to be absolute for the church, because you are. 
You see, you need to be of a kindred spirit in this. Otherwise, uh, you know, after marriage occurs, all the masks and all the facades come off, and what you really feel is right there, very blaringly. If they're not for the church, well, they might have been just, oh, they might, they might be tracing along to the meetings following you, you see, but after marriage, you know, the, uh, since the hook, you know, the hook is there, uh, you're already caught, well, then I don't really care that much, and pretty soon, you see, so this is a suffering. It's a kind of a yoking that's not so equal. Follow me? So, uh, you need to, uh, it needs to be someone that is a counterpart. Marriage is defined as marrying your counterpart, someone to match you. you see, this is the Bible's view. Someone to match you and be of a kindred spirit and of a kindred feeling about the things that to you are the important things. Does all that make sense? Then, of course, uh, there's this little thing called love. <laughs> See? Yes. Yes. Uh, God did not ordain for our marriages to be uh, arranged. Okay? No, they're not to be. It's not arranged. Uh, you know, you... you, you here can be three people and they can all have a lot, all the same characteristics. I mean, we could chart it out, you know, mentally, but, but uh, out of three people, you only have a feeling of love toward one, you see. Well, you don't, you don't marry somebody you don't have a feeling of love toward, you see. <laughs> right? Jacob loved Rebecca. You see, that's what the Bible says. Jacob loved her. What did I say? Well, that's close enough, isn't it? <laughs> Jacob loved himself, didn't he? I, I, I knew there was love in there somewhere. Isaac. Isaac. Poor Rachel. Isaac. Love Rebecca. Yeah. So that there's 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 the things that are important. They match. Uh, needless to say, they have to be a believer. They have to be a believer that matches you as a believer. You see, it matches you and your feelings about about the big, major things of truth, okay, uh, and so forth. Uh, then there has to be there has to be the element of love. Otherwise, because marriage is mostly human, uh, love is love is uh, an absolute necessity. Okay. Then, yeah, okay, yes, sir. Then, uh, the final in the acid test is the person you feel that way toward has to reciprocate with a mutual feeling to you, with, toward you in the same way, you see. It has to be, it has to have, the same feeling has to flow both ways 
and it is funny, but it does not always happen that way. And when it when it only goes one direction and it does not come back the other direction, then you have the absolute assurance that this is not of the Lord. If it were of the Lord, it would be mutual. If it's not mutual, forsake it and never give it another thought. Okay. If God ordained it, believe me, He'll make it mutual. Okay. Well, is this because the Lord said, I mean, things happen, you know, and they let it to a pinpoint my belief, you know, to accept in the Spirit. And if I, if I love this person, you know, and I love this person before I accepted the Spirit, then, uh, I can't impose my beliefs on this person because then it's not the true love of the Lord. So, I mean, I, how do you, you can't tell somebody you accept this or I can't, I can't love you mm-hmm. because then it's not, then it's not truly the love of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then they think I have to do this because, because, or else, you know, or else we, we can't. Yeah. See, there, there are three lights. There are three lights at the, uh, at the at the intersection. Green is go, no problem. Red is stop, definite problem. Yellow is hard to say, wait. See, wait. If you don't wait, you open yourself to a, a big mistake. Marriage is is a binding contract. When there is an element of confusion based on any a relationship before Christ or anything like that, uh, uh, you don't need to be you don't need to be extreme either way, but you do have to take a stance that is abs. If it's not green and if it's not red, you have to have at least yellow. Back off and give the Lord time to sort things out. If you don't, you'll never get clear. Never. Never. You're too close. You, you, you can't see the forest for the trees. See? So, you have to, there's three. There's, there's another light there. See? One of them is, it may not be green, and it may not be red. Better back off until you can know definitely is it red or is it green. Then you do then then you're faithful to God. You're also faithful to yourself. And number three, you're faithful to the other person. Because if they marry somebody who's gonna be uh, perennially in conflict with them over religious beliefs, then their life is going to be miserable. Be fair to them. Now we're not going to talk about this until 1995. So if you you got a question, shoot because this is it. Might be a silly one, but you take an attachment. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. There are two females I can touch. My mother, 
and and uh, and and her lineage on up, uh, grandmother, however many generations are there, certainly. certainly. <laughs> I just want to show her. Yes, so do I, and I do. Oh, um, you said you said you know that um, not to touch a woman, but then you also said um, unless the intention is to marry a child, uh-huh. how is I, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, that's easy. Uh, when when there's an intention of marriage, uh, first of all, it has to be established that it is a mutual intention. In other words, unless you unless there's the the uh, assurance that there's a mutual interest, at least interest. Okay, then then you you you, you can't you can't do anything. If there is a mutual interest, at least that much. Then, there. Then you can proceed, you know, to do things appropriately that would consummate in marriage, uh, unless unless that contact reveals that that uh, uh, this is not a good uh, arrangement for marriage, which also happens. If that's the case, then you you back off again, <laughs> see until it's red or, or green. Uh, if it's green, at that point, then uh, what I would suggest for any brother or sister, in the context of the church life, if if there's a green light at that point, then before you go any further, have some private fellowship with uh, one of the leading brothers, okay, if you're a brother, or one of the experienced sisters, if you're a sister, so that you can know how to uh, let your relationship with a person develop that would be uh, proper, uh, good, honorable, satisfactory and also a good testimony everybody's happy on every on all hands okay that part is easy but in, but getting to that part is what's hard okay Is that good enough for everybody? Can you define exactly what? I think the touch you're talking about is more than just a physical touch. Could you get into more like that? Uh, well, actually, I was speaking about a physical touch because this, this, uh, this, uh, I've seen this uh, too loose of a touch, and uh, because it's so, it's so pervasive. It's so saturated in society, uh, even Christians' consciences don't register when they do that. You see. However, Vern, your point about uh, just the just the uh, contact period is a very good point. You see, 
and let me just say this about that, and that is uh, not just a physical touch, you see, but we should never allow ourselves to become isolated with another person alone, okay? A brother should not be driving a sister around somewhere. A sister should not be driving a brother around somewhere. A sister and a brother should not be alone, alone in the same room by themselves. If you don't know your flesh any better than that, you're in for a rude shock. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's inconvenient. And yeah, it looks stupid. But you don't do it. You don't violate it. There are exceptions to everything. If somebody just had a heart attack, you don't analyze that. You just give them a heart attack. A one-on-one arrangement. A one-on-one arrangement. It does exclude group activities, or yes, does uh, what excludes them? It's. You mean is it different? Yes, it's different. It's different. Yeah. I would say this way. Uh, when you when 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 uh, we are uh, bearing fruit for the Lord, are seeking to grow in the Lord. Okay. Uh, sometimes people may be even led to the Lord by our sharing of the gospel. Okay, that's a fact. I think probably all of us. I've led females to the Lord. And, and vice versa, and I think some of you sisters have led brothers to the Lord and, and all kind of things like that. Uh, this, this usually is done just because there's some sovereign arrangement or somebody in your office or somebody in your class or something like that. Uh, we, we don't knock that, but as soon as possible, you have to dish that person off to a brother, if it's a brother, or a sister, if it's a sister, for care. Otherwise, that person will not only become your fruit, but it will become your emotional entanglement. And this has happened many times, you see. Now, that's, that doesn't answer your question. I'm just talking about a principle, okay? Uh, brothers should bear brothers, or brothers should bear males, and sisters should bear females in fruit-bearing. I don't, of course, rule out that we might be used to, uh, to begin somebody's spiritual life. But for the intimate shepherding, we should honor the separation between male and female. 
otherwise it becomes murky. To answer your question specifically, uh, it would be better to have it with a sister. You would be, uh, you would be more released to your brother or somebody like that, but, but uh, otherwise, otherwise, uh, if you're not getting burned by the fire, you're, you're you're getting close enough that if you tripped, you'd fall and get get burned. Why risk it? Why chance it? It's not worth it. Okay. You see, many things start in the spirit, but conclude in the flesh. This is what Paul warns us in Galatians. Don't let that happen. Don't let something begin in the spirit and wind up somewhere else. Okay. Okay, quickly, Marty. Yeah, well, brothers and sisters, you know, and so forth. This is a family. You're supposed to love your family and so forth. I love my family. I hug my, my family. I hug my kids. I hug, no, I don't hug, I hug my brother. Uh, but, but, but that's his fault. That's his, I would hug him. Uh, and, and, and in a few, you know, in a few emotional times in our life, well, you know, of course we did. And so forth, and uh, uh, even his wife likes to hug everybody. <laughs> so I have to hug her. What can I do? I, I, I can't help it. You see, but I wouldn't do it. I try to shake her hand, and uh, you know, so forth. But uh, pretty, yeah. It, it uh, she prevailed. So it's it's a nice. What can I do? It's my it's my you know, it's it's my. It's my sister-in-law. What can I do? Okay. But that's it. That's it. No, we're not good friends, and I don't put my arm around her and walk around the kitchen and just say, "Oh, it's a be," you know. You know, no, no. People do that. People do that. They think, "Oh, there's nothing to this." I, if I see anybody, anybody other than my relatives touch my wife, that person is going to have trouble for me. Okay, I, I, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I can't imagine a husband that really cares for his wife to, ha to have no feeling about that. That's not right, no. I, I don't know, I knew I hadn't had I hadn't <laughs> See, my wife feels the way I do. But so. really, if the situation arose to stay in the spirit, I mean, we can't. I mean, before the spirit, you know, I mean, you think, you know, you can. Uh, I, I don't know. All, all I know is uh, we just would do whatever it took so that that, that situation did not repeat itself. Okay, I think we've exhausted our our situation here. Okay, we've gone the full gamut. <laughs>
until 1995, if you just open your mouth, you're in big trouble. <laughs> Don't want to hear a word.